You're listening to locally produced programming created in KUNV Studios on public radio, KUNV 91.5. The content of this program does not reflect the views or opinions of 91.5 Jazz and More, the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, or the Board of Regents of the Nevada System of Higher Education. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Sports Prep Live. Sports Prep Live. Where we unbox the mic and talk excellence in athletics. Welcome back to the Sports Prep Live podcast. I'm your host, Graydon Prescott. For those of you who don't know, Sports Prep Live has its own blog called The Prep Sheet, where we highlight some of the more notable stories that are happening in and around high school, college, and professional sports. And today, we are introducing a new segment called The Prep Talk, where my guest and I will discuss some of the topics that have been featured on the blog. Joining me for the very first Prep Talk discussion is our resident sports guru and editor-in-chief of The Prep Sheet, KB, is finally in the studio. What's up, KB? Welcome to the podcast. How are you, Gray? I'm glad to be here. Looking forward to it. It's been a long time coming. KB has been with me since the launch of the second iteration of Sports Prep Live. We talk sports quite often, don't always agree, but it's always informative, engaging, and sometimes can be a little bit heated. One of the installments of the prep sheet that has gotten some of the most interaction was Caitlin Clark potentially being the first $100 million women's basketball player. Absolutely. Where do you stand on that? Wow, yeah, there was a lot of engagement from the time that we put that post up a couple of weeks ago. Um, A lot of passion on either side of the issue. I think some of it stems from um, maybe some of the people who are fans of players that are currently in the NBA who feel like Caitlin hasn't even made it to the NBA yet, WNBA, excuse me, and so... Um, she hasn't paid any dues, right? right. Dues haven't even come up. So to be putting her out uh, to achieve something like that, I think uh, a lot of people wanted to kind of push back on. But then uh, there were also, you know, a lot of her proponents who agree with that assessment. You know, she has an endorsement deal with Nike, uh, one of the only college players. I think there were two this year that they signed in addition to two uh, high school players. Mm-hmm. So uh, she has an endorsement deal with Nike. She has an endorsement deal with Buick. She has an endorsement deal with Hy-Vee. She has an endorsement deal with one of the tax preparation companies. I forget which one is it, it is. Is it CarMax? No, it's, uh, it could be H&R Block. I know that oh. her and um, Zoe, the, uh, the, lady that, the young lady that played at uh, South Carolina, mm-hmm. um, her and Zoe had an endorsement deal with uh, a tax preparation company. I think it might have been H&R Block. Right. It, it, but, um, but yeah, I, I actually agree. You know, it was, it was fun to put up the article and see a lot of the feedback. But just based on seeing her play, not only on television, but I've had the opportunity to see her play uh, in person. Um, I know that you coined a, a, a nickname for her, the maestro, when, yeah, you, were, yes. when you were still in grade school. Um, and that really, and I actually heard someone ref, refer to her as the maestro, the maestro. Um, during the, the South last Carolina game. During the tournament, yep. yeah. And I think that epitomizes not only the way she plays, but just how she goes about things in general. You know, she's no nonsense. She just wants to hoop. 
Mm-hmm. Um, she um, she doesn't want to be a model. She doesn't yeah. want to be an influencer. Um, you know, she doesn't want to to be a social media star. Caitlin is just, and I think it's the highest compliment anyone can pay her. Uh, you know, I agree with Kevin Durant. She's a hooper. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, going back to the original premise of the question, yes, I think that Caitlin can be, I think she will be, um, the WNBAs when she goes in. I don't know if that's going to be next year or the year after. I think she's going to be the, the women's first $100 million player. And I think she will accomplish that feat with ease. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And uh, you talked about the people that may hold the stance that she hasn't accomplished anything in the WNBA yet and she hasn't technically made it yet. But um, when you're comparing college careers to players who are in the WNBA, there's nobody in the history of women's college athletics that has accomplished what Caitlin accomplished last season. Um, she averaged, I believe, 27 points, eight rebounds, seven assists. She's second all time in collegiate triple doubles. She was the first person to have a 40-point triple-double mm-hmm. in the NCAA tournament, male or female. She right. had the most points in a Final Four game ever, right? male or female. And um, she won all three Player of the Year awards. She swept the Player of the Year. So just based on what she accomplished last year, I absolutely agree. She is going to be the first $100 million female basketball player not just based off of her salary in the WNBA, obviously, but the endorsements with <laughs> Nike and Hy-Vee and um, I believe you said H&R Block, and she has the Buick endorsement as correct, well. Correct, correct. So just based off of those, plus you know what she's going to mean to the WNBA and possibly international play as well, she's just going to end up being that first $100 million athlete. Caitlin ignites a lot of passion either way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the interesting thing about her clash, if you want to call it that, um, not only with Angel Reese, but with a a real good buddy of hers, um, Haley Haley Van Lith. Um, When Caitlin is on the court, um, she she has a mentality like Kobe and and Michael Jordan. Right. It's just take no prisoners. You are not my friend on the court, even though she's really good buddies with a lot of the people that. Uh, are on the opposite side of the line from her, uh, or the other side of the ball, if you will. Um, in fact, she's played with some of these young ladies on one of the three USA basketball teams that she's been on and won a gold medal. Yeah. I think one of the reasons that she went off uh, against Louisville was because when Haley she was, was on the USA basketball team... Haley was starting over her. Haley was starting, and, and Caitlin did not get a lot of playing time. The The coach at Louisville is the same coach who started Haley over Caitlin on that USA team. Yes. So I think, I don't think it was as much directed as ha- at Haley. It was more directed at like the coach because, you know, you started this girl over me and you recruited her harder than me. So I'm going to prove to you today the mistake that you made. Right. I, and, and, you know, when, so you, you take that battle and then you fast forward to the battle that she had with you know, South Carolina. And, mm-hmm. and I know that her and Aaliyah Boston are really good buddies. Uh, they were finalists in some of, and you mentioned three awards, but she ran the table. It, it was more than three. She well, was, yeah, I'm talking she, just player of the year. Right, right. Yeah. She, she ran the table on player of the year awards. Uh, but Aaliyah Boston's a really good buddy of hers, and they were finalists in a lot of the um, awards that, player of the year awards that Caitlin ended up uh, winning or edging her out on. 
Um, so that one was, you know, not as it, it was shocking to see Iowa win that game. Um, I think Caitlin had 40 plus in yep. that game again <laughs> after 40, doing 41, 40. six and eight. Yes. And so there wasn't as much drama there except for her waving off uh, one of the players uh, for <laughs> yeah. South Carolina. And I think that's a little bit where the, the drama came in. But there wasn't as much drama there. Yeah. The the ensuing game right against Angel Reese, you know, again, going back to this whole $100 million player thing, um, everyone knows that they broke records, right? It was over... Viewership records. Yes, 11 million people tuned in. Mm-hmm. And I genuinely believe, having watched the trajectory of Caitlin's career, I know that Miss Reese will say otherwise, mm-hmm. but the lion's share of that audience was going to be there if Caitlin was there. And it didn't matter who she was going to be up against. And you don't have to have to believe that based off of, um, oh, would have, could have, should have. You can look at the viewership for the previous game. Correct, Angel, correct. You know, LSU, people were watching, a couple million people, but Caitlin had three or four games in a row that passed 9, 10, 11 million yes. uh, viewers on average on national television. So. It was just the Caitlin Clark draw at that point instead of the Angel Reese and the LSU, which is, I I think that's where Angel might have it mixed up a little bit. It wasn't the LSU draw. It was right. the Caitlin <laughs> Clark draw, if we're going to be completely honest about it. And you probably can't tell her that. And and shout out to, to Angel Reese. Um, she's, she's proud and she feels like um, she was as much a draw as Caitlin. But I think everyone knows um, that probably isn't the case. Yeah. And but she did make the most of that moment. I think, you know, Angel has done a lot uh, in terms of her NIL deals. And so she's going to be formidable. Um, But just in my own personal opinion, you know, and the opinions of the people that I see responding to the prep sheet and some of the articles that we've posted, um, we don't envision her career being as gigantic, if you will, as Caitlin's. And you can already see, Caitlin has laid the groundwork, right? right. The predicate is there. Um, you can see just her response she did. And I've, I've actually played on this golf course in Silvis. She played the John Deere Classic. Oh, yeah. Um, and there just a, showing up for the John Deere Classic. There was a Tiger Cl- Woods type response. Yes, there was a Tiger Woods moment there. I mean, thousands of people showing up just to see her swing a golf club. Mm-hmm. Um, and people coming from Indiana, in Chicago, Illinois, obviously Illinois, because Silvis is in Illinois. It's, Iowa, it, it's, that, that whole area. Iowa, area. Minnesota, Wisconsin. Michigan. I mean, people were coming from everywhere yeah. just to get a glimpse of, of this young woman. And she's a good person. So it's, you know, when Michael was playing um, and, and he was signed to, or his agent was David Falk, David Falk did a really good job in making sh- sure that Michael was um, seen as kind of all-American, if yeah. you will. And um, I think that the team that Caitlin has around her, which really includes her family and a couple of other advisors who I believe are related to her as well, um, they just do a really good job of making sure that who Caitlin is kind of shines through. And mm-hmm. I think that's what brands tend to look for, that authenticity, that, yeah. that it's organic, who she is on the court and who she is off the court. It's organic. And I think that's what brands are going to respond to over time. And that's why we say we believe she's going to be 
the first $100 million I, player. I've met women's Caitlin, $100 million player. And I've met player. Caitlin Clark. I've spent a lot of time with Caitlin and her family. They're great family friends of ours. She is absolutely the same person off the court that they advertise her to be on the court. And uh, there's nothing ingenuine about that. It's all it's all real. And uh, like you said with Michael Jordan, you know, the advertising, they're just trying to focus on who he is as a person. The right. same thing can be said for Caitlin. I've, you know, I went to her high school games and... Of course, you mentioned me dubbing her the maestro when yeah, I was about yeah. nine years old. So I've known this. I've known her since she was about 16. And now she's entering her last year of college and she hasn't changed. She's still that same extremely hardworking perfectionist. Um, and I plan to interview her on this show mm -hmm. in the near future. And you've interviewed I her interviewed before, her right? in the past as well. Yeah, yep. yeah. And she told us on that interview, she is a perfectionist. She is hardworking. She's always um, upset if she doesn't, you know, absolutely outperform her expectations her own for expectations, herself. Yeah. yeah. She holds herself to an extremely high standard and I think that's extremely noble for an athlete of her caliber to just always be seeking perfection like a Michael Jordan, like a LeBron James, um, in the women's side, you know, a uh, Sue Bird, um, Candace Parker, Lisa right. Leslie, all these legends of the game that were just perfectionist and they didn't accept anything less than the absolute best out of themselves and their teammates. Um, so I think that's extremely noble. I want to ask you something that you said about Caitlin. Yes. You said she doesn't want to be an influencer, doesn't want to try to be a model. Yeah. Shots fired at Angel? <laughs> I, I'm not going to say shots. <laughs> I'm not going to say shots fired, but Angel has made it pretty clear that she is looking to squeeze all of the juice out of this thing that she possibly can. Yeah. And um, I'm not sure. I didn't follow her career when she was at Maryland and transferred uh, from Maryland to LSU. Um, I know that she has reclassed. Um, and I think that she's readily acknowledged that um, being in college gives her, you know, the biggest opportunity to earn the kind of money that she's earning. Because once she hits the league, um, she's going to be in competition with everyone else in terms of brand dollars right. um, to receive endorsement deals. And as a big, which she is in college, I'm not sure if she's going to play a big in the WNBA, um, as a big, she's not going to be in the top five the way she is on the college scene. Um, so I think she, and, and I give her a lot of credit, she is rightly recognizing that the opportunity is now mm -hmm. that, that she has to strike now in terms of those endorsement deals, building the relationships, and hopefully those follow her into her WNBA career. Um, but she said it herself, right, that she wants to be a model. Um, right. You know, I think she was recently on the cover of Teen Vogue. Mm -hmm. um, she does enjoy being an influencer. So um, it's not really a shot fired, but I think it's a recognition that for Caitlin, um, her focus is single-mindedly on basketball. Right. And knowing a little something about the world of NIL and knowing something about the world of endorsements, that's what brands are looking for, that you want to be um, in a relationship with someone whose sole pursuit is becoming better at their craft. Yeah. I'm Great and Prescott. We're here at Sports Prep Live's The Prep Talk, and I'm here with my editor-in-chief of The Prep Sheet, KB. 
discussing the matters of our blog. Yep, yep. So we just talked about Caitlin and Angel Reese. Another women's college basketball player who has been making a lot of noise since she was in high school is Paige Beckers. Mm, Yes. Last season, she faced an injury. She had to miss the entire season. However, her coaches and players that have been training with her and doing open runs with her are saying that she's back in great form and she's going to be contending for a player of the year. How how excited are you to see her return and what are you looking for from her? We are very excited. In fact, we did a post uh, on Paige Becker's uh, probably about 10 days ago or so. Yep. Uh, received a lot of good feedback and a lot of good engagement on that particular post. I've been a fan of hers for a while mm-hmm. as well. I've seen some of the competitions that um, she's had against, you know, the aforementioned Caitlin Clark. Mm-hmm. Um, they hail from neighboring states. Uh, Paige is from Minnesota. Caitlin was there in Iowa. Um, I really think that Cage is going to have a strong return. She took um, the amount of time, the requisite amount of time that she needed to take to get healthy. I think that's one thing um, one of her partners in crime and another young lady that I've met and I know that you have, uh, AZ Fudd, I think there may have been a little bit of pressure for AZ to come back uh, just and maybe rushed it a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, I could be wrong, but just my sense of what the injury was, you know, knowing about what the injury, and she's had injuries in both knees. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and just not taking, um, you know, that, that little bit of extra time. And I can understand the pressure of being, you know, a highly sought after recruit, number one in the country for her class, and then coming into to UConn, and there was a lot of expectations for her, especially with her very good friend, I think best friend, uh, Paige Beckers. But with Paige, I think, she either learned from that situation or she learned from others who came before her. Um, and she really took her time. She really made sure that she was healthy before she started working out. Um, we both know, you know, a, a gentleman that you told me you're going to have on the show here in the not too long, uh, not too distant future, Julian, um, who is a trainer here in the Las Vegas area. And Julian has actually worked with, with Paige as well. And, you know, he's another person that can kind of uh, endorse or or um, um, support the idea that Caitlin, or I'm sorry, not Caitlin Page, um, is really methodical about coming back. So I expect some 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 big things from McGray. She's just a super super talented player. Uh, obviously, you know, before Caitlin did, she won Player of the Year. I do think she got a lot of accolades that were. They they probably happened a little bit before they should yeah, should have freshman year right yeah. but um, she's just hyper talented uh, she is like Caitlin she is a hooper she's whip smart Super so hardworking yeah. and very hardworking yeah so I'm I'm looking for some big things from Paige Beckers and I think you know she feels like she she probably has a lot of things to prove not not so much to the public but but to probably herself. to herself yeah. yeah I absolutely agree she she's just a hard worker she's a hooper at heart. Um, she's like that Kevin Durant mentality. Yes. She just wants to hoop. She doesn't care about all the outside, you know, influencer, entertainment type of stuff. She's just, Paige is a hooper. Um, another man on the male side who is a hooper is a man by the name of Cooper Flag. Yes. He was going to be going into his junior year. However, he made the decision to reclass to the class of 2024 mm-hmm. and will be graduating high school this year instead of his... Uh, instead of in 2025. I thought that was an interesting decision. We covered the decision on the prep sheet. 
What were your thoughts about that? What did you think? Do you think he made the right decision? Do you think he's maybe getting ahead of himself? He had a great tournament at Peach Jam. However, I do think that might have influenced this decision a little bit. Do you think he's getting ahead of himself or is he right where he should be? Yeah, and I'm, I don't recall if he jumped from 26 to 25. He, he, he was 20, he was 2025. He was going into his junior year. I'm I'm one year below him. Okay. So he's going to be going into his senior year okay. now. Okay. He jumped up one grade. So previously he was going into his junior year. He reclassed. Now he's going into his senior year. Um, again, another person that we've done a post on mm-hmm. on the prep sheet. Cooper is a problem. Yeah. Just unbelievably talented individual. Um, he is passionate on the basketball court. Oh yeah. Um, if you are. Uh, being defended by Cooper, um, he's letting you know you're being defended. There's yeah. levels to this. You're not going to have a good time. Right, that you're being defended. And, you know, as, as prolific a, a scorer as he is, I think he almost gets off on defending a big defensive play more than he does a big offensive play. And I think that that kind of mentality ingratiates him to the recruiters and coaches, whether they're on the college level or the NBA level, just to find someone who loves excelling at defense as much or more than they do on offense. Um, you know, it, it seems like it came out of left field. I mean, this this guy is from Maine. Um, yeah, so <laughs> probably not a lot of great basketball talent, um, or at least notable basketball talent that coming comes out of Maine. Com- coming out of Maine. Um, so it's a cool story in that way. Um, but he's been embraced by all of the top players. I know um, a little over a week ago, he played at Rutgers, you know, one oh, of the yeah. high school players invited to Rutgers. Um, they were down with about three seconds three left second in a game, game and he hit a game tying three. And, uh, you know, from being in New York, I've, I've oh, been in yeah. New York, the crowd just erupted. And I think that he came out of there. Even, go, you know, going into it, maybe AJ, you know, might have been a fan favorite. But I think coming out of there, um, a lot of those, the, a lot of the crowd, that, that raucous, tough New York crowd that's hard to win over. I think he, a lot of, he won a lot of those people over. Um, yeah. Cooper, Cooper is a hooper, and I, I look forward to, to big things from him. Yeah, and um, also featured in that game, shout out to the previous guest on this podcast, uh, Jackson Richardson. Yes. Also featured in that game was his older brother, Jace. Yes. Uh, he had a pretty good performance. He did. Uh, was he on the winning team? I don't know. He was on the team that was winning. Oh, he until was, the three yeah. pointer was hit. Um, yeah, and then um, Cooper's team went on a little yeah. bit of a run in overtime and ended up winning the game. But Jace had a really good game. Yeah, and he that's, did. Jace is another outstanding player. Um, it's um, Las Vegas lost a good one. You oh know, yeah, because he he left Bishop Gorman, and I think he and his brother went out to. Uh, yeah, Christopher Columbus High School in Florida to play with the Boozer twins or the Boozer brothers, um, which, you know, that team is going to be formidable oh, now. Yeah. And not that they weren't formidable before. Florida's got two of them now. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, I, I can't wait to see more from uh, both Jace and Jackson Richardson, just hoopers to the core, really good guys. Um and, you know, I, I expect at some point in time you'll have, you know, Jason Sports Prep Live in the way the you had Jackson. Yeah, yeah, that's the goal. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, Jace is a super big talent. That game was a huge success. Um, you had Cooper hitting the game-tying shot. You had Jace having his great performance. Ian Jackson was another one. Yes. Uh, was another one. He had 45 points. Um, we wrote an article about 
Ian Jackson as well. I believe he is the number one ranked junior in the country. Right. Uh, as of right now, Kentucky commit, I believe. He is a Kentucky commit okay. as well. Um, another collegiate athlete that's been getting a lot of headline recently is Brownie James. Obviously, he had the the, the health scare in practice. Right. Um, we wrote multiple articles about, you know, updates on his condition and where he is. He's doing a lot better now. He's he, back in school. He is. Um, do you think he should start to get back into basketball or do you think he should take his time, rest? Where do you stand? You know, one of the people that impresses me the most in inside or outside of sports is, is LeBron James. Right. And so uh, far be it from me to question, you know, the judgment of LeBron. I know he's going to do what's best for uh, his family. He's a good dude. Um, he's he's whip smart um, and, you know, obviously really loves his kids and enjoys watching them play. So I am sure that they got the best possible advice, um, not only about when he should come back, but how. I do know that he is... Um, Back at USC, he's back on campus now. He was recently at a football game with some of his USC teammates. Mm -hmm. So I expect that it's not going to be too long before we see him um, on the court again. Um, So I I think that he's going to to follow his dad's advice, follow the doctor's advice. I expect that we'll see him again. And yes, I I would love to see him on the court again. He's he's another player that's really fun to watch. I've had an opportunity to see him a couple times because he's been here in Vegas playing at Bishop Gorman. Um, So yeah, I I agree with what they're doing. They're they're taking it slow. Uh, They're being methodical, listening to the doctors. And he's going to, much like Paige Beckers did, work his way back slowly but surely. Um, And I expect that we're going to see him on the court before too long. Absolutely. Well, KB, thank you for joining me on today's show. It's been a pleasure having you. Thanks for having me. Long time coming. And as for the rest of our listeners here today, be sure to tune in to the other episodes of Sports Prep Live on 91.5 KUNV's HD2 Radio. For the full stories that we covered today and more, the prep sheet on sportsprepplive.com. Thank you for listening. I'm Graydon Prescott. Have a great day. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Sports Prep Live. I'm Graydon Prescott, and don't forget to catch all of our episodes on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Sports Prep Live. Thank you. Yeah.